Hello, and welcome to Sloth's Love to Read. This is Carrie Ann. Today we have a wonderful story called Hello, Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers by Matthew Cordell. I hope you will enjoy this wonderful story about Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Let's get started. Hello, neighbor. The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers by Matthew Cordell. Welcome to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. As you can see, this is no ordinary neighborhood. It's the set for a television program, a children's television program that connected with countless families since it was first broadcast nationally in 1968. There are many things that made it different from your neighborhood. There were actors, camera operators, musicians, stage sets, and puppets. It took a great deal of work and love to bring the neighborhood to life each day. And it was all started by a man named Fred McFeely Rogers. Growing up near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Fred had many interests. He especially loved playing with puppets and music. He learned to play the piano at the age of five. Fred playing his first piano. Fred's grandfather, McFeely, always said, Freddie, you made this a special day just by being you. Fred playing with his baby sister, Elaine. Fred's family was proud of his talent and encouraged him to study music and composition as he got older. And Fred liked to play the piano with his grandmother, McFeely, that they bought for him when he was nine years old. Fred was shy and often lonely. He was sometimes bullied, but whimsy and imagination were helpful to him, and so was his faith. After college, he planned to become a minister, and years later, he did become a special kind of minister. But at this moment in his life, something unexpected happened. In those days, television was new and just beginning to become popular, and Fred didn't like what he saw. I saw people throwing pies in each other's faces and all kinds of demeaning behavior. And I thought, why is it being used in this way? This could be a wonderful tool for education. And so I said to my parents, you know, I think maybe I'll go into television. So he went to work for the National Broadcasting Company, NBC, in New York City to learn how television programs are made. At first, Fred simply ran errands and fetched things that were needed around the studio, and he learned a great deal. 
Best of all, he learned that connecting with younger viewers through children's television was what he loved the most. Fred moved back to Pittsburgh and began working on a television program for children. He continued to stay behind the scenes, but he took on a more creative role. Drawing on his background in music, he wrote songs and created characters, returning to his childhood love of puppetry. As an adult, Fred remembered the wonder of childhood as well as the fears. He spent a lot of time studying and learning about children and about their needs and feelings, and in time it became obvious to him that too much of children's television was no more than silly and flashy entertainment. Fred had a new mission to create different kind of children's television program that spoke to its audience with respect and understanding. A program where Fred would perform as never before in front of the camera and speak directly to his viewers and audience. And he would simply be his honest self, curious and playful, attentive and compassionate. And he used to say, the greatest gift you can give is your honest self. On February 19, 1968, Fred became a permanent resident of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood when it premiered nationally on public television. And now... Welcome back to the neighborhood. Fred began every episode by singing his welcoming song and changing his comfortable cardigan sweater and sneakers. Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Then a new idea, person, or place would be introduced, just like in life. There were good times in the neighborhood, like visiting the circus or a neighborhood school. But there were very difficult times, too, like saying goodbye to a beloved pet. Fred understood that children have many feelings and interests, and all of them are worth mentioning and exploring. Mr. Rogers had many regular visitors like Mr. McFeely, a friend who brought deliveries and discoveries, and Joe Negri who owned a nearby music store. Welcoming and accepting others and their differences was one of great importance in the neighborhood. Fred made sure to include a diverse range of actors performing in important roles. Police officer Clemens was the first African-American character to appear in a reoccurring role on a children's television series. Fred realized that children were naturally curious about the world around them. So as Mr. Rogers, he often took us out of his home to meet new people and discover new places. He found out how people make things and how workers do their jobs. He took us to a crayon factory 
a toy ball factory, a sneaker factory, a trumpet factory. He visited the famous Eric Carl and the famous Yo-Yo Ma, the cellist, and Margaret Hamilton. We even met world-famous artists in the neighborhood like Eric Carl, Yo-Yo Ma, and Margaret Hamilton. Each day in the neighborhood, we spent time pretending when Trolley took us from Fred's television house to the neighborhood of make-believe. Here in the neighborhood of make-believe, an ensemble cast of puppets and people acted out a story about the subject introduced in the beginning of each episode. When Mr. Rogers visited a school, the neighborhood of make-believe built a school. When we saw how people make crayons in his real neighborhood, the neighborhood of make-believe had a coloring contest. Fred loved the expressive and connective nature of playing and listening to music, so lots of music was played throughout the neighborhood. A jazz trio played the background music throughout the program, and of course, each day in the neighborhood, Fred sang the songs he had composed. Throughout his career, Fred wrote hundreds of songs about the important things children feel and learn as they grow, like many ways to say, I love you. What do you do with the mad that you feel? And it's you I like. It's you I like. Every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new, it's you I like. Every visit to the neighborhood would end as it began. Mr. Rogers changed back into his jacket and dress shoes while singing his song of love and reassurance to let us know he would be back next time. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling you know that we're friends. Fred played many roles in the making of more than 900 episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He wrote the scripts. He was songwriter and singer, performer and puppeteer. He oversaw and approved what went on in every episode. Beyond his own contributions, he truly loved working with others. He respected and appreciated the talents and artistry of all who were involved in the creation of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And because of this, everyone felt connected in a very sincere and personal way, just like a real neighborhood, just like yours. And here's a little bit about Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers was born in the small town of Latrobe, Pennsylvania on March 20th, 1928. He was the child of a very loving and spiritual family and one that had great success in the business of brick manufacturing. So it was somewhat expected that Fred would do the same when he finished college. But his interest in childhood development and music led him in a life 
in children's television instead. His career in TV began when he moved to New York City after college to work for NBC as a floor manager for a number of programs. It was in this time that Fred was married to his college sweetheart, Joan, a fellow musician. The couple moved back to Pittsburgh in 1953, where Fred worked as a program manager for public television station WQED. Soon after, Fred helped to start the children's television program, The Children's Corner. The primary performer on the show was Josie Carey, and Fred stayed behind the scenes working as co-producer, puppeteer, organist, and composer. The Children's Corner was loved for its lively and light-hearted spirit. It ran a successful eight years. In the years that followed The Children's Corner, Fred continued working in television. His format was evolving, as was his family. Fred continued his education, taking graduate courses in childhood development and studying in Pittsburgh's Theological Seminary. He was ordained a Presbyterian minister with a special charge of serving children and families through television. He and Joan had two children, James and John. In 1962, Fred moved with his family to Canada to produce a 15-minute program called Mr. Rogers. He was appearing in front of the camera now, speaking directly to his many young viewers. Fred continued writing songs, now performing them himself, and the tone of his program became more serious and deep, yet maintaining some of the light and playful attitude he was becoming known for. In 1964, the family moved back to Pittsburgh for good, and in the next few years, Fred began developing the program that would solidify his impact in children's television and maintain his focus for the rest of his life. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood debuted locally in 1966 and was broadcast nationally for the first time on February 19, 1968. The neighborhood provided a place of calm, quiet, and strength to children everywhere. As time went on, the simplicity and sincerity of the program was in stark contrast to much of the fast-paced cynicism seen in the world of children's entertainment and in the world at large. But Fred resisted trends and pressure to change his format. He chose public television from the beginning because there was no advertising and he found a wonderful partner in PBS. He wanted what was best for children above all else. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood went on to become one of the most successful and longest-running children's television programs in history, with more than 900 episodes completed by the end of its production in 2001. The program continues to be celebrated by children and grown-ups all over. Fred died on February 27, 2003, at the age of 74. But his legacy lives on. Fred Rogers Productions in Pittsburgh still thrives and is dedicated to infusing his spirit of equality and care into new television programs for children. Their flagship program, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, is a direct nod to Fred Rogers and the many beloved characters made popular by Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. 
And just as important in continuing his messages are the many children who connected with Fred. Those children have grown up now to become parents themselves. Parents who still share his timeless and important messages of love, acceptance, kindness, and individuality with their own children and with those to come. What a wonderful story about the Mr. Fred Rogers. He was a wonderful man and he was a wonderful television entertainer and educator. He was a very special person to me. As I was growing up, I watched Mr. Rogers and I absolutely loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood shows. I watched so many of them, and today I have a deep appreciation for how he talked and educated children of all ages. He was a very kind and loving person, and I hope that you will have a chance to watch some of the Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood's episodes on PBS. Here is a quote that Mr. Rogers was famous for saying, You are a very special person. There is only one person like you in the whole world. There has never been anyone exactly like you before. And there will never be again. And people can like you just because you're you. By Fred Rogers. I hope you've enjoyed this wonderful story. You can find this book on Amazon and wherever books are published. Also check out our wonderful book collection at slothdreamsbooks.com. I hope that you've enjoyed this wonderful story about the great Fred Rogers, my personal hero. I thank you for listening in today, and bye-bye for now, everyone.